0: hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. I am just gonna start immediately with telling you to subscribe because I'm almost up to a 100 so that's cool Um, and uh, the more hundreds I get the better it is for me. and then the more motivated I am to keep recording you this awesome unparalleled content, which I know you love and is part of your commute or possibly just some shit that you listen to at random times. But um, definitely subscribe and also separately I do have a Facebook group that you can join and today's question was from uh, my private Facebook group so that um, people talk about all the things that they don't want other people to comment on that they know. And um, before we get into that topic um I wanted to ask you guys for advice on something because my daughter she's friends with this girl and they're really close the thing is is that the family the girl you know girl's really nice my daughter loves her to death but I don't really necessarily want her sleeping over there because you know those people they they like eat um a lot of junk and they don't really exercise and uh, they are a different religion from us so I just really say to my daughter like she may be nice but she like probably don't talk to her that much because Now, just kidding, this didn't actually happen. But as I was saying this, weren't you like, why are you being such a dipshit? Because if your daughter loves this girl, why do you care if they eat a lot of junk and they don't exercise and they're a different religion? I mean, first of all, like, you don't want to be discriminatory. Like, that's like super bad. And don't you want to teach your daughter to be tolerant and isn't her relationship with this person much more important than whether they're going to feed her Cheetos when she's over there? Yeah, so therefore that introduces us to our topic of why are people who are otherwise so tolerant and respectful of different belief systems all of a sudden become extremely intolerant and um, discriminatory really when it comes to their co-parent because that was the question for today. How do you handle it when your co-parent has a very different value system from you and different um, values regarding things like health, fitness, what they eat, who they believe in God is or isn't, um, and do they watch TV or they don't and whatever else. Who cares? I mean, I can see obviously why it's, um, you know, you yourself would not be compatible. So let's say you are somebody who runs marathons, believes in God, and, um, you know, uh, eats dinner at home every night and then your co-parent your ex is somebody who spends a lot of money on restaurants doesn't believe in god and sits on the couch watching tv man i totally get why y'all are not compatible but what does it matter about your child like your child thankfully is now being saved from the animosity that was raging likely between you and your completely incompatible ex but now they get to go to a different culture in that different home as long as the parent is loving you have to think of it this way as a different culture you want your child to be respectful of all different um cultures right so you would never do that like trick that I tried to play on you at first about the friend you wouldn't actually do that right you wouldn't actually tell your kid well that family they are pretty lazy honestly so you know I myself am not and so I don't really want you going over there because they watch too much tv and And, you know, their religion is kind of stupid on like our religion. So, you know, I really don't like that either. You would never do that. So it's even more important that you wouldn't do it with a co-parent who is a loving presence in this child's life. Whatever decisions they make about their home environment are their decisions to make. So the way to deal with it is to not even deal with it. Literally to tell your child just to be respectful. So if your child uh, says, for example, Why do you have us exercise as a family and go play softball together, but then at mom's house, we just sit on the couch and do nothing? You say, because I like to work out with you guys. I like to work out. That's who I am. That's who she is. She just likes to, you know, do what she likes to do. I like to do what I like to do. And that's it. And if they say, well, I don't want to do softball anymore because you should be more like mom, then you say, Well, that doesn't make any sense, you know, because this is my house. These are my rules. And at your mom's house, I expect you to be respectful to her. That's literally what you say. Your house, your rules. I mean, there's plenty of ways to work on discipline with your children if they somehow say, because I am allowed to sit on the couch there, I must sit on the couch here. I don't really see that happening unless there is a problem with your Personal relationship or rules or structure in your home. Usually, kids are pretty malleable and they understand just like there's different rules at school and at camp, and there's different rules at grandma's and at your house, and there's different rules at each grandma's house, and there's different rules at each friend's house, which was my original example. So, kids understand how to shift their behavior based on the environment, and this is a super important skill and one that will hold them in good instead throughout their life. They're going to need to do this socially. They're going to need to do this at work. They're going to need to do this when they are acclimating to being in a relationship or when they have a roommate or or at sleepaway camp or at their other parents' house. So this is a wonderful example. It's like, it's like going to sleepaway camp. You wouldn't say if your kid is like, the thing is about sleepaway camp is they're really into sports. And you know, I really like video games. You'd probably be like, awesome, do what they want. Don't do video games for summer, learn how to be different, learn how to get outside your comfort zone. Or at least you would if you listen to all of my podcasts on anxiety, and how to, you know, not indulge your child's anxiety slash Fear of new things, and instead to model going outside your comfort zone. Hopefully, they do the same, right? So that's what you got to think about it as. Now, this, obviously, if your co-parent is doing something very bad or abusive, this does not, I, like, you can't say the culture of dad's home is that, you know, he yells at you and hits you. Like, that's not a cultural difference, you know, but the culture of dad's home, but that's not what was asked about, of course. What was asked about is, what about when you personally look down on your co-parent's uh, beliefs? Well, like, you got to stop. You got to say, listen, live and let live. They do what they want to do. I do what I want to do. And. And in fact, if, if they are condescending to your beliefs, you want to say the same sort of thing. So if your kid ever says, you know, mom says we playing a stupid softball at your house, you know, and uh, why don't you ever just let us uh, do what we want to do? Then you say, well, I respect what your mother chooses to do at her house. And, you know, her opinion is her opinion. I do what I want at my house. She does what she wants at her house. That's it. You don't you don't go dig in the mud in the muck of, you know, throwing back and forth insult about your co-parent through your kids. That's like the least healthy thing. Even if they try to provoke you in that way to see like what you really think, because they're only human and they are curious, uh, then you don't say anything like that. Children can adapt from environment to environment, and the most important thing beyond what you eat, what God you believe in, what you do for hobbies, whatever, the most important thing that you're teaching your child is flexibility and respect of both parents. And you're also modeling how to behave in a situation that isn't your favorite. Because believe me, they know. They're not stupid. They know that you would rather they be playing softball at both houses if that's what you like to do at your house. But they're seeing how does dad or mom act when they're not getting their way. That's what they're looking at you for. And if you throw some kind of tantrum and you insult the co-parent then you are showing them a very bad role model for how an adult uh, acts when they are not in their favorite situation. So if you keep these larger values in mind, then it's gonna be easy to understand how... um, how little it matters what the co-parent really does at their house. You know, it it doesn't really matter super much. Now, if you are overall very respectful and accommodating about, at least, you know, you you don't have to be, you're not theirs, you can't be physically accommodating, but like, let's say that your co-parent is the, um, the, the one that, Uh, goes out to eat all the time and you like to feed your kid healthy food at home and the co-parent says hey can you um actually we got caught up and so could you just drop them here at a junk food r us where we're going to be having dinner instead of at my house and you say sure no problem Then you're chalking up a lot of good points in the bank. So then when something happens like that maybe you really, really disagree with, it is possible if you have an amicable relationship built up on enough positive interactions that you may be able to say something. So, you know, if uh, something really bothers you super much about their lifestyle, like this usually save for the things that you think are physically hurting your kids. So for example, you, you know, your kid is falling Asleep sleep in class and you think that's because your co-parent's keeping them up too late well as long as you let enough other shit slide then you you know about your various preferences about what your co-parent does with their life then you may be able to say hey I heard that such and such happened at my house I put them to sleep at uh, nine please try to do that and you know what increasingly common are co-parents who actually get along nowadays this is um you know, it used to be, uh, obviously it used to be that dads did not split co-parenting equally. And then there was a whole like Disneyland dad phenomenon, you know, that happened more in the 80s and 90s. And now it seems like dads, when they do have split custody, really do try to do um, not to just be the fun dad and to do more of the life activities. And they are increasingly, in my experience working with couples and co-parenting they can increasingly give and receive feedback in a different sort of way it's funny that as i said it i realize that most of the situations where this happens is usually what from what i see is that the dad can be a little bit more relaxed with bedtime and those kind of things but i'm sure that there's plenty of situations out there where the mom is the more lenient with bedtime and the kids are falling asleep after they're at her house too i don't see as many of them but you know that could be for a million reasons, including who comes to see me and so forth. But either way, the point I'm making here is: why don't you save your asks or any of um, anything that could ever be perceived as you trying to inflict your will on your co-parent? Save that for real big problems if they're agnostic as this person wrote in their question which i um you know excerpted in the description exactly what they wanted me to write this to do this podcast on but so for example if you are agnostic and they believe in god oh who cares you know that's and if your kids say hey why do you not believe in god and mommy believes in god you say oh this is why i don't believe in god and you present your argument you know and they say well then why doesn't mommy know that stuff You say, no, there's a lot of very smart people who believe in God. And you leave it at that. Mommy believes what she believes. You should ask her. You know, it would be an interesting conversation. Same thing if they're like, why do you play softball with me all the time? And at Mommy's house, we sit on the couch. People, you know, by the way, kids don't usually create this kind of drama by like what they say. You know, most kids will not say that unless they hear you like saying, go fucking sit on the couch trucking all day, you know, like under your breath, quote under your breath. But they really hear you, which a lot of people can't stop themselves from doing. Work on that if you're one of those people, but happens to the best of us. But anyhow, what you would say is, well, mommy likes to relax at home. She's different. There's people who like to exercise. I'm a person, here's why I value exercise, because for me, it regulates my mood, it puts me, you know, it keeps me in good shape, and I think it's physically good for our bodies. And they so say, well, why doesn't mommy do that stuff then? You say, I don't know, your mother makes her own decisions. Your mother likes to relax on the couch and watch TV. So, so what? People are different. This can always be your go-to thing whenever a child tries to judge anybody for anything. People are different and there's no good, no bad. Unless, of course, somebody is being like actively bad, you know, such as uh- abusive, neglectful. But we are, again, not talking about that, but a different value system. Now, think deeply about the things that really bother you, because a lot of people then try to make, you know, a a philosophical shortcut here so they don't have to think too deeply about uh, changing. And they say, no, no, no. But like, see, if they sit there on the couch all the time, that is bad for the kids. It's so bad for them because they don't get to exercise. And look at all these 15,000 articles I printed out here about the benefits of exercise for physical and mental health yeah okay But nobody is gonna think it's neglectful or abusive for your kids to watch some more TV. If Child Protective Services came to your house, came to your wife's house, your ex-wife's house, your ex-husband's house, they would not say, immediately get these children packed up into the police car, they must be taken away because the television is on for too many hours. That just doesn't happen. So you have to actually think, is the thing that I'm saying is so bad for the kids, are they actually being neglected or abused? Or is this just a values system that's different than mine. And I have an opportunity now to teach my children to be tolerant and respectful of all people in all, and, and the culture of all different homes. I don't mean culture in a very uh, narrow sense of uh, an ethnicity or a religion. I mean, the culture of one home can be, we love to exercise, and the culture of another home could be, we hate to exercise, you know, or whatever the case may be. So you want to teach your kid just as, as irritated and dumbfounded as you felt, hopefully I'm a good enough actress that you at least believe me for a split second when I said that I don't want my child going over to this lazy friend's house where the family just watches TV. And on top of that, they're a whole different religion. Think about how it is then when you judge that in your co-parent. Unless they are actively being abusive or neglectful, then that is their culture. And the best thing you can do is to say, we're all different. You know, we are all different. And remember, you got to save your asks because at some point you're going to need your asks with your co-parent. You are going to need them to switch a schedule. You are going to need them to uh, listen to you when you remind them about shit over and over. You are going to need them to uh, drive over and get the black shoes that are needed for assembly tomorrow because you are out and the kid needs the shoes and the kids at your house. You know, like, I don't know what you're going to need, but you're going to need some it and so do not blow your load on this uh little insinuating comment thing or worse on saying rude things about the co-parent to your kids who are then going to go back and tell the co-parent and then you're first going to have problems cuz then they're really going to hate you. So, you know, and I'm not implying that the guy, you know, who wrote this in is doing that or that anybody who's listening is doing that, although you know, <laughs> everybody struggles with doing that when you are divorced, but you know, uh try to keep it in check. And don't be judgmental and use it as a learning opportunity. The more differences between you and your co-parent, the better in one key way that I haven't yet um, uh, gotten to yet. And it's an interesting thing. The more different that you are and the co-parent are, the easier it is for the kids to understand the divorce. So it's like kids frequently do actually. It's not just a sitcom thing. They frequently have fantasies that the parents will reconcile. But when the the more different and incompatible the parents are without large fights, you don't want large fights after divorce. It is interesting though, because if there's large fights before divorce, if that is the situation, then children understand the divorce better, and they seem less blindsided by the divorce, and therefore less traumatized by the divorce. Though, if if there are horrible fights before the divorce, the kids frequently feel relieved by a divorce, you know. Um, but anyhow, nobody wants uh, large fights after the divorce. Obviously, do not do that. That's a worst case scenario. Not only is it the parents are divorced, but then there's The same, if not more fighting, geez, that's even worse. So the point, though, is the more incompatible you and your co-parents seem, the more the child understands why the divorce happened. And therefore, the less they're going to have these fantasies of potential reconciliation or even anger toward the parents for not staying together, because it seems so obvious that the parents aren't together, the parents are completely different. And when I have clients in this situation who are adults now, but whose parents divorced when they were young. And they're in this situation, and uh, they'll say things like, "I don't even know how my parents got together. They were so different." And these people usually seem to have more uh, resolution and integration in their minds about the narrative of the divorce than people who kind of never really understood why the parents couldn't get back together because uh, they 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 seemed. It, it seemed um, nonsensical. It seemed like they should have been together. They they would like, some people would even like flirt or some even would date after the divorce, but some people just don't seem like there's any reason that they wouldn't be together. And that can frequently be confusing for the child. That's why I uh, when people ask me, I think I even had a podcast about, um, should we do uh, frequent friendly dinners with my ex and our kids? I'm like, no, you know, because you don't need them getting confused about shit. And also, by the way, you're not going to want to do this. I've never seen, uh, people do this extensively, uh, after divorce, but, um, But it also is confusing to the kids because they're like, man, if we could sit down together as a family multiple times a week, who the hell are y'all divorced for? And possibly you will get back together. And they would be within their rights to have that fantasy, which overall would end up being harmful if it doesn't happen, you know, because then they're they're very upset whenever anybody dates anybody else. And they don't kind of move forward in their mind with any sort of resolution in their hearts about the divorce. So anyhow, you and your ex-spouse having different value systems is not bad. It is an opportunity for you to teach tolerance and respect and for you to model the sort of behavior that you would want your child to show to others, both as a child and later as an adult, of understanding and respect And trying to just learn about differences. And that's that. And hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope it addressed the uh, issues that were written in about. And I will talk to everybody soon. Remember to subscribe if I am adding value to your commute or your laundry folding. Bye-bye.